Good morning, survivors, and welcome to another edition of Mercury, a broadcast of hope. I'm Max O'Brien, joined today by Dr. Rosalind Clark, and this is day 325 since we came back on the air. Listeners, I'm going to jump in right here to offer a bit of a disclaimer before Max continues. The opinions expressed in the letter Max is about to read are those of the letter's author and do not reflect the views and opinions of those of us here at WEHG. Okay, Max, carry on. Thanks, Dr. Clark. So, longtime listeners may remember an occasional guest who used to stop by Alaska Chance. We haven't heard from Alaska in about four or five months, and we were getting worried about her. But yesterday afternoon, Anna stopped by to bring us some messages. One of the letters was from Alaska. And since she's an old friend, we thought we'd read the letter on the air so the rest of you could hear what she's been up to. I'm going to jump in here again to remind listeners of why I gave the disclaimer a few moments ago. Alaska showed up here at the station about two months into our broadcast, give or take, claiming that her brother Austin was a zombie, but that he wasn't dangerous. She claims that if zombies can be kept from eating human flesh for a certain period of time, that they can be trained to eat other things and would be harmless to people. She's a self-styled zombie rights activist and goes around insisting that they can be brought back to being human if we can just figure out how to do it. To be clear, there is zero evidence for anything she says. Okay, Max, sorry to keep butting in, but you know how I feel about this. Oh, I definitely do. Okay, now for the letter. Dear Mercury team, as you've probably noticed, I've been away for a while. I considered telling you all when I left, but an opportunity came up for me to meet with some like-minded individuals, and there was no time for me to stop by the station. Unfortunately, it wasn't everything I'd ever hoped for. Without going into all the details, let's just say we had a difference of opinion, and so I severed ties with them and set out with Austin by myself. Luckily, I had left Austin... Luckily, I had left Austin in a safe space before I met with this group, otherwise the meeting might have turned violent. I have spent the time since in conducting my own zombie observations. I know that Dr. Clark has been compiling quite a bit of data on zombie movements and behaviors and would love to compare notes with her upon my return, although I don't yet know when that will be. I would also like to point out that data can be interpreted in different ways, and one hazard is limiting what kind of data you're collecting. I keep up with their research as best I can through your broadcast, which I listen to when I'm in range. I also get updates by talking to people who mention that they've passed by your station and took a moment to talk to Dr. Clark about her research. What I'm finding is that she is looking at the problem through the lens of the assumption that the zombies are irretrievably dead. I think she'll find that if she can bring herself to drop that assumption and widen the breadth of data she's collecting, she'll come to some enlightening conclusions. (laughs) For example... I have observed that while the movement of zombies does appear to be somewhat random, although of course influenced by things like sounds and the water that they hate so much, they do tend to stick together in groups. A truly brainless entity would be very unlikely to do that, as their movements would be much more randomized. Therefore, the conclusion that I've come to is that the zombies are just as scared as we are and are huddling together for protection and companionship, just as we are. They lack the fine motor skills to build communities, and are driven by their need to eat other people, apart from the ones who we can get to in time, of course, so they're limited in that capacity. But they're still exhibiting the same human desire to avoid being alone in many cases. I write to you today not just to convey that information, because as interesting as it is, it's not really urgent, but to warn you. If I'm right about the zombies being afraid and clustering together for companionship, I feel that it is only a matter of time before they form an actual gang, and begin a more organized assault on the ranks of the living. 
please take all necessary precautions. I will try to return in the next few weeks, and we can compare notes. Yours truly, Alaska Chance. May I rebut? Oh, of course. It's all hogwash. First, the zombies are definitely, 100%, without a doubt, dead. They're decaying. They don't feel pain. They wander around without major organs. Even if you did somehow bring one back to life, the only thing it could do from that point is die again because you can't live without things like your lungs. Second, I've watched lots of zombies break off from the group for all kinds of reasons. They tend to stick together because they're all responding to the same stimulus, and that tends to guide them in a similar way. Third, a zombie gang? If they can't organize communities, how are they going to set up a gang? It's just more drivel from Alaska, and I wish she'd wake up and smell the coffee on this subject. And who is she to lecture me on scientific bias? Since when is she a scientist, anyway? You done? Yeah, that's about as much energy as I'm prepared to spend on this. Cool. I agree with you. I think Alaska has some interesting points in terms of making sure we don't lose our humanity and get too used to some of the awful things we've had to do. But I think she's off base on this one. That's a very refreshing attitude from you, Max. I'm glad to hear she's okay, though. Me too. I mean, she's a lunatic, but she's still a human being. But we run long today, Max. Better wrap it up. You bet. Alaska, we're glad you're still out there and hope to see you soon. In the meantime, though, this has been Dr. Rosalind Clark and Max O'Brien for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Take care of each other.